Hello and welcome to another episode of the St. George's Rod and Stop, the official podcast of the Church of St. George, the Martyr in Kales River, alongside the chapelries of St. Mark and St. Monica's. I am Lindsay Shooters, your host on this exploration of faith during this time of continued crisis. And I'm joined as always by the rector of our parish, the Archdeacon Rodney Whiteman, to help me explain a few things. Firstly, explain your decision to use such a long theme. The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, ask the Lord that the harvest to send Lord of the harvest to send the laborers out into his harvest. Good morning, Lindsay, and good morning all who tuned in and thank you. Maybe because it's one of my favorite texts of the Bible. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm looking at it now myself and said I could have stopped after therefore, but the laborers are few. Yes. Um, I must say I struggle a little bit but finding um, what would possibly be a theme one could be celebrating as well as preaching about, uh, you know, that has kind of relevancy to to our time. And I was, I was actually thinking about your job as a journalist. Um, uh, how would you relate to uh, a harvest? I... I can see from the the so-called Christian message there is, you know, there's a mission. God's mission is on the go, and uh, the kingdom is is where we are called to bring bring people to to experience and to um, to to celebrate the the kingdom of God. And the life of the kingdom of God, whilst we are here and still on earth, after all, that is what we pray. We are taught to pray in the Lord's Prayer. Um, and I wondered, uh, you know, uh, what would be a journalist's view of a harvest? Um, and I, I, I thought, well, you, you, ha- you are gathering in people for a message that you seek to, to share with them. What, whatever the message is, you are uh, sort of, as it were, put it out there. You sow the seed, and and um, hopefully your hearers, your subscribers, would um, find what you are saying uh, of of relevance for their lives, and therefore would act on whatever it is you are. Um, you know, writing about and informing people about. So I thought that was that was for me something. That as I when I once I chose that I thought, oh, how is Lindsay going to get me now on this? <laughs> so let me think about how this kind of thing would relate to his his uh, his work as a journalist. What message does a journalist have to get out there? What what's the importance of that message? Um, and how does he gather in listeners um, uh, to to hear that message? Um, I think mm. it's, it's a very important text when it comes to the church, of course. But uh, I was also uh, the, the message the message a journalist wants to get get out there could, could obviously be uh, what what many of journalists. Are accused of, but the same that priests could be accused of, um, um, for sensationalism. Yeah, we conjure up a a, a story uh, and and just hold, withhold a little bit of the facts and uh, twist and turn a little bit to convince 
mm-hmm. um, that. And then I wondered, really wondered about how how important therefore is what the church is supposed to do, called to do, established to do, that um, uh, and where, where over over the generations now since Jesus uh, walked the face of the earth and spoke this language, um, mm-hmm. is it still the harvest is plentiful and plentiful, but that the labors are few. And I was thinking about you know the amount of clergy that yeah. we have and don't have um, when we think of the future of the church. Uh, um, um, you know, is there is there going to be enough for the future? Um, I think I think the problem with that idea is that, like, just taking this this line in in isolation, and just the the, the way you've been speaking about it now, where the harvest is plentiful but the laborers are few, where it's like. There's too much fixation on the idea of reward, you know, um, like from from a journalist perspective, um, the harvest is the start of the cycle. So someone else has planted, plowed the land, planted the seeds. Look at the, the, the country, for instance. So the politicians, they plow the land, they plant the seeds, they make their policies and um, set up the budgets and things get spent and projects happen and people's lives are supposed to be improved. So journalists come in right at the harvest stage, like where the fruits are now ready to be taken. But that's actually just where the work begins, because that's where it must now be converted into something edible. You know, if you just look at wheat, for instance, you can't just chow on like absolutely just the raw wheat <laughs> absolutely it needs the those calories need to be unlocked it needs to be processed it needs to be uh, ground into flour that you mix with water and yeast magically appears within it which is the beauty of baking i imagine uh but i also benefit from from having covered this as as a beat i, I went deep into um food security um once uh because it was the preeminent issue facing society, and it's been accelerated now with the war in Ukraine, um, where the Russians have actually blockaded um, the Black Sea, so Ukraine cannot export any of its remaining harvest from last year, and this is actually the harvest time now for this year, and a lot of those lands are, are in conflict areas, active conflict zones right now, so that's not going to happen. And that's like a third of the world's calories, which will not make it to port um, and will not like most of North Africa is going to face a fan, like is going to face famine within the next three months. Like that is that is an insane thing. And there again, it's seeds that were planted by somebody else and journalists must now step in and kind of make sense and try and just drive home um, the the actual points of intersection between these global happenings, the news cycle, and actual life. So how it affects people in South Africa is the cost of wheat, for instance, is going to rise exponentially. 
um, mm. because of the global demand now, like Somalia, Egypt, uh, Morocco, they are all wholly dependent on Ukraine, uh, Ukraine and Russia for, for their, their staple food, especially in Egypt with 100 million people who eat mostly bread and don't have any arable land to support even a tenth of their own um, demands. Uh, so they mm. just have nothing now. They must get it from somewhere else, which is going to drive up the price for everybody, which is the same thing that's happening with coal right now. Uh, because of the sanctions that's been placed on, on Russia, the price of export coal or high-quality coal, so not the coal that we use in, in, in our power stations, uh, because ESCOM also has long-term contracts that they've negotiated there, but things like processing sugar, um, heating those furnaces, anything that requires a furnace, split peas that you use in a soup, uh, those pea harvests are going to go to waste now because the price of coal has it's shot up like tenfold in the last two months. Um, and a lot of those manufacturing facilities have to shut down operations now, which is going to just push that, push pressure on, on those prices of like those basic items that we absolutely take for granted, especially when it comes to like soup time. So that's the harvest is when the work actually starts. And I'll, I'll say without trying to sound too malicious, um, a lot of clergy think the harvest is the easy part, you know? I, I, I hear you, but there's, I was, as, as you're talking about the, the harvest is the start, you are also suggesting that um, there's other things that must happen with the product <laughs> for it then to be, you know, reach where it should be reached. I, I wonder whether Jesus, in saying the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers of few, that um, the, 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 the hard part is the harvest, that there's no work for those who help process it because there's a reluctance to be part of, 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 Whilst sowing the seeds are look to be the hardest of the mm -hmm. of the job, and then nurturing it to to growth, there is a reluctance to go out and 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 reap that you know take all of that and bring it to where it should be in the store. So when you think of um, of the fact that in the harvest, in the world, in the in what what is planted in the world. Uh, you know, the mindset that we have to work with in humanity, we never get to the end product because mm. we are still, the, the, the harvest itself is where the difficulty lies mm. because of the challenges uh, in the harvest. You know, um, um, for example, pe people now know that a war begins the end of the day, you've mentioned so many people suffering. Yeah. So what was the initial part of starting this war, of sowing this wild, uh, this wild weed that just is disruptive for the harvest itself? Um, so the, yes, the work begins and it's the hardest of the work, it would seem, because there's a reluctance to go and bring in the harvest 
Mm. The one that only few are willing to to enter there. Few, well, many are willing, uh, but few are capable. Yeah. But even yeah. if you go down to the text, which is uh, Luke chapter ten, verses one to eleven and sixteen to twenty, um, where after this the Lord appointed seventy others and sent them out ahead of him in pairs to every town and place where he himself intended to go. And he said to them, The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, ask that the Lord of the harvest to send the laborers into the harvest. Uh, go on your way. See, I am sending you out like lambs into the midst of wolves. Carry no purse, no bag, no sandals, and greet no one on the road. Whatever house you enter, first say peace to this house. And then he goes on to like this little bit of a diatribe where he's explaining what they should do. And then there comes that 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 line where, um, what is it? When you eat of the eat what they give you because the laborer deserves his pay. Yeah, pay, deserves yeah. his reward or something like that. Yeah. But it's it's like a lot of a lot of people read that text, like miss the point. It's like you mustn't carry anything. Like you are going, it's go the journey is going to be hard. Like don't think of the reward. <laughs> like, yes. The challenges is in the journey, you know? And like not every house is going to let you in. Um, that sort of thing. Uh, which I, I I did some extra just kind of exploration of of what the comments have been on kind of the teachings of Jesus. Because we've we've been we've been skirting this issue about how corrupted even within the canonical gospels um the teachings of jesus have become and an evidence more where i launch into my attacks on like paul's writings in, in his epistles where he kind of contorts um what was actually spoken and and i found an interesting comment from muslim scholars where the belief is that isa jesus um, there was a gospel revealed to him, um, the words of Allah, but it had been, there's only fragments of it splintered across uh, the, the canonical gospels. Um, but the gospels in itself is a picture of Jesus's daily life and not a fair representation of the gospel that he was actually preaching, the, the evangel, if you will. Mm. Very interesting. Um, um, I, I I just wonder in a time where where most of what was being done was in in oral tradition. Mm. Um, now there is always a struggle between what the actual words were that was used and what was the message that was being um, given? Yeah. So do we necessarily recall all the words that vehicle to the message to the ears of the listener? Or when we hear the words and find what its meaning for us is that, that it's the kernel of that the message is the kernel of the words that are used. So is it ever possible that we're going to have such wonderful memories that we will 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 deal with it word for word? Mm -hmm. I think these are recalls 
of the community of, of Jesus in various times of inspiration to, to share what was heard at certain times. And I would find it very difficult to, to, to say, this is not a diary of Jesus's journey. I would find that very difficult. Um, some people use the words, the, port the portrait of Jesus, mm. like Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and John. Um, that's why each of the Gospels have got animal signals uh, to relate how, what they would understand by the person and the work of Jesus. So I think there's a tension between this parent form of having heard word for word, therefore this is exactly the word. But is the word not the message that he was portraying that, that ultimately once you receive the kernel of the message, what are you going to do with it? Mm -hmm. How do you interpret it for your daily life? How do you interpret it in relation to the speaker, to the, to the message bringer, and what was it being pointed to? So when I think they gathered to share these stories, somebody then recorded these things and then had to set it out in a way that would give the purpose of the authors um, to, the, to the readers. So, mm -hmm. you know, you have this thing about the Bible, uh, be print, of the Gospels, the red letter Bible, they would call it, because all the red letters are precisely the words that Jesus himself said. Well, these are red lettered in English translation. How would it have looked in the Aramaic that Jesus spoke, in the Greek that the, that the authors had written the message? Mm. Now, I, I, I found it very interesting that you would bring that in. There was an, um, a gentleman that was a laymanist in one of the parishes that I worked. And every week when we had worship planning, his thesis was the person of Jesus is not important as is the as as for us to just deal with his message. Hmm. Um, and and so he would separate person from the message that would bring and I very see is difficulty with that um, because I think it's the words bring us into association with the person and what and 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 if I mean for me that believes that he, he, Jesus is the incarnate God to us then it was as it were the words bring us into relationship with the mystery of who God is revealed in Jesus Christ so so that for me is therefore god's in interaction with what's going on in the world and what is it that god needs to speak if we take it right from the beginning and say that in our theological understanding um the the action of god with spirit uh for creation was the word, let there be light. Then God said, let there be light. Um, and that theme is carried through um, to the covenant, which is another shape and form of word spoken, mm -hmm. uh, divine word spoken in covenant relation, in, in, in law, as it were. 
then you take that to another thread where in the prophetic traditions, uh, the main emphasis of the the, the message is pre uh, um, uh, is prefaced by the words "Thus says the Lord," mm. and then you bring that through to the gospel message, and now you find the logos, the word become flesh, the word who was God and with God, now is producing. So there's that trend it would seem in scripture. And then um, you you find revelation being noted down, um, letters to another way of of, of transporting the message was letters to congregations that are visited as forms of encouragement, challenge, and teaching. Mm -hmm. So I find it very, very difficult to divorce the person from the, the message itself. But what was the message trying to, re- to relay? Was it as a result of saying, I'm coming into this world with, with the dilemmas that we have and that we as human beings are finding it difficult to find a way to, um, to, to, to work for a better world? Does the words of Jesus help us to get to that better world? Does it point us to a better world? And what does a better world require? If we take this text, I'm sending you as lambs the bits of wolves. Mm. Is the world, is the experiences in the world uh, rightly coined then and now uh, uh, the midst of wolves? Are there people going around looking for for weaknesses in others to devour, to bring them down. I mean, isn't that what Russia was trying to do with the Ukraine? And, and, and it, uh, you know, if this war was supposed to be in just a, a twinkling of an eye, everything over Ukraine captured, and now the world is set in another way. It didn't happen to be that. But yes, there is a weakness in the Ukraine. But then you look for that midst of wolves in our the corruption amongst mm. the politicians who steal money and so on. So now that that midst of wolves have got a message out there, how do lambs speak into that context? Because mm. how, what empowers the lamb? Uh, so is there a gentleness in the in the journalist uh, when when he has to balance or she has to balance out uh, corrupt leadership over the growing poverty of people? Mm-hmm. What words of hope does he bring to the to those in poverty? What words of hope does what words of challenge does he bring to those who are in the the seats of corruption? And therefore, what what, what is Jesus saying to us when we looked for a message of hope during the struggle times against apartheid? Where did we turn to to find hope? We, we went and read the scriptures. We re- went and read history. Uh, 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 the things that were captured that, ins- that became inspirational for us, even in the face of um, imprisonment um, and jail. Mm-hmm. And where did we find the message of hope in? Um, this picture says, there is a harvest. There, need, there needs to be a gathering of the people for good purposes. But hey, 
there, there, there is a shortage of those who would want to bring one together people for the purposes of good um for, for benefit of others um so so i certainly have difficulty with um i i've, I've difficulty with people who who think i mean that scripture as it's presented to us of all these centuries uh, uh what, what was as as i mean some people who have already said it i'm thinking of one of the form, foremost atheists uh, Hutchinson, who was dead, he believed in what I've read him saying. It's one of the most beautiful documents and of literature that exists in the way that stories are told, uh, not necessarily capturing what happened in the past, but it's just a, a beautiful story. But as the, uh, did the authors of the Bible have a way in which in telling the story it would wink readers into beliefs that were just illusional. Mm. I I have a couple of responses. Like the first thing is that 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 lay minister sounds a lot uh, or at least that lay minister's relationship to his idea of Jesus is sounds a lot like my relationship with Kanye West where <laughs> I I I I place a lot of emphasis on the art that that gets created and less so on the person, but mainly because the concept of the person doesn't get fully revealed to us through the media that we consume about the person. So there's a lot of things happening in in Hollywood, for instance, just because that's the the most prominent place that he was placed now. Um, within that Kardashian family, there's a lot of false narratives um, that that are sketched there. Uh, that that people are not, and and it's something that I try and always highlight for my children. And and Adams actually, uh, my son has actually started this habit of asking me whenever something really fantastical happens that he's struggling to suspend his 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 disbelief, his belief, you know. And it's like, is this real or is it fake? Mm. And and mm. I feel a sense yeah. of pride that I can that I have I have warped a six year old's mind uh, to the point where he questions reality or at least the reality that is presented to him because we don't know we don't know what Jesus was thinking. If you just read the gospel text, you don't have any idea of the character of Jesus. That's why throughout this, this podcast, um, the lifespan of this podcast, I've always presented, I've taken the artistic license to present a idea of Jesus that is more grounded, that is more human, because I am allowed to, because nowhere does he say, even though in this text, in, in this, 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 this gospel text, he gives some insight into 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 his divinity. Um, where it's like, I watched Satan fall from heaven like a flash of lightning. See, I have given you authority to tread on snakes and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing will hurt you. Nevertheless, do not rejoice at this, that the spirits submit to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. So he gives a little bit of insight into a life before 
um, <laughs> if you believe that, that he's now taken human form and stuff. But it, it's, 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 it's one of those where it's at the root of that concept that I was speaking of earlier, where it's been distorted because there isn't a canonical gospel of Jesus. Because there isn't that, and and like like you look at you look at the Torah, or at least, yeah, uh, what what uh, Christians call the, the the Pentateuch, the first five books, which is the law. Uh, you look at Islam, where the Quran is is the one and true law. Um, these are, are cultures and religions that were based around this concept of a direct message from God. And they've structured their lives around that. They've structured their, their entire existence, their societies, um, Islamic law, uh, uh, Sharia law, like all, all these laws that govern those societies, but are not recognized in free democracies like South Africa. There's a prominent journalist um, who was bemoaning the state of, of his marriage because uh, he had a, an anniversary this week and saying that under Muslim law, um, his wife doesn't actually have any protections guaranteed by the state uh, because they they haven't they they don't have a proper marriage license because it's not and it's a promise that Cyril made uh, during Ramadan that he would accelerate the process of of signing. But I don't believe that we should concern ourselves and 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 sorry to 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 the person, but. Um, you were, that was stupid. That was a stupid move. Like, you can't force an entire free society of, like, people who think differently from you, who don't believe that our laws should be based on some interpretation of a message that was sent from some day. No, guy, we live among ourselves. We must walk the streets together. My experience of reality and your experience of reality are two completely different things. And a law that governs this land should appeal to both of us should be able to govern both of us regardless of beliefs you know and 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 yeah i'm it, it's it's interesting that i would cite readings or at least insights from a culture that is so obsessed with with like having that complete perfect word of god um and then just completely stomp all over them <laughs> right now by saying like we don't need that in society very interesting. Let's take the concept of the road that you're saying we're walking together. Yeah. One of the things about being human is not just taking in what the eye can see and leaving it as this is the given reality. Mm. Our, our curiosity, just like Adam, is who put this there mm. and what's the purpose of it? So, so one theologian said, the first, for, for us as humans, the first revelation of God is creation. Mm -hmm. um, that beautiful psalm, Psalm 121, I lift my eyes to the hills, whence, where does my help come from? Who, the Lord who made the heaven and the earth. Mm -hmm. So we are curious about creation, be curious about um, how this was all possible and therefore what message it is it promulgating. The presence of the creator is in the creation. 
Mm. Uh, but the creation can never fulfill the magnitude of the creator uh, um, and, and, and fully reveal in the human mind uh, the, the full character of, that, of, of the creator. Mm. And we take that from our human perspective. Um, I went into the to macro the other day looking for a good kettle. And all of these kettles have got name brands to it. And I obviously am, uh, from the human perspective, more interested in what's going to cost me. Yeah. yeah. But at the same time, I was looking for who is the better, what is the better model? And why is that the better model? And the name identifies that. So when I asked one of the, the floor assistants which product would he recommend, it was based on um, the understanding it taught him. Even though we sold a more inferior product, we've got them here, it's cheaper. That's why it's there. But mm. This is the better one that you take. So I go back to say, so who are the makers of these things and why do they stand out? So my, my human uh, um, curiosity, like, like Adams, is, is this true? Mm. Is there a God if I look at creation? Or, or is it, and why does my mind look for God? Why does it look for, why does my, my heart yearn to know who made this and why? Mm. And the beauty that obviously I can't even describe beyond measure. I remembered um, visiting an, an, an elderly parishion in one of the parishes I served. And our talk was around um, uh, um, somebody who was not well. And it, it was known in that society that he was a professed atheist. Mm -hmm. um, I had the privilege of, 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 of commending him back to God. Uh, in the funeral service, because I visited him and so on. And there was this beautiful, I think it's petunias that was growing just in front of the um, the, the door, the front door. And the, the, the back, it would seem as if the background color was yellow. But mm. in, the, in, the, in the middle, there was a purplish, um, uh, what's his name, with no overflows into from one color into the next. They just yeah. together. She looked at this and she said, how can Anton say there is no God when I look at this beauty? So creation informed us about the presence of a creator. It's a revelation and it's a message about the creator. And now maybe from outside we read into it. Who can, who can put such beauty together? The mystery of that, of that beauty. Why does that to be a who? Well, uh, for, for want of better words, we, we don't have a language that could truly, really define, can we? You know, uh, we, our, words, our words fall far short of the mark of, of, of interpreting for our own understanding in words that we could possibly understand. I, I, think, I think that's kind of the problem is that, that, uh, a lot of people are so self-centered, and 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 I I use this word self very loosely there, um, where we have this idea that 
things have to be created by somebody because it's 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 an arrogance it's it's a human arrogance because we see no bounds to our own power our own creativity what we have achieved how we have terraformed this 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 planet we have bent the atoms in this world to our world that we can now communicate over radio waves and have pictures of each other in real time um, and record it. It, It's it's amazing what what has been done. But I think the important question when observing the beauty of a flower is not who created it, it's how. How does this make me feel? Why does it make me feel that way? How do these colors actually work on a cellular, on an atomic level? How the hows and the whys are more, and you see it in children with complete innocence. The question is always why and how, never who. The why and the how and the where leads you ultimately to the who. Ah. <laughs> that 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 wow that's a that's a topic for a completely other because podcast. it's very it's very interesting because your 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 projection is why is this is the is the is the is the the question that starts the conversation for the scientist mm. yet when and I'm, I'm i hope i'm not being facetious now when i say this no. in response to what you said when when we taught how to deal with a question in response we ask questions why how who where when mm-hmm. what in order to get to a discernible analysis of our response to that question we ask those questions about the question itself so in other words um in in order to process an understanding to discern uh, something that we're looking for meaning in that attracts our attention, like the petunia. We never stop at why is that here or how is that here. We 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 it's it's a it's a plethora of of, of investigation, um, and so that is what we do when we look at the gospels. Did Jesus really say that? Well, who is Jesus? Why did he say it? What was the context in which he said it to? Who did he say it to and why? And does it still have relevance for us today? Who recorded this and why was it important to be recorded by these by these people? What were they trying to get to us? So we never stop at at at, at just the one question. But um, um, John Lennon, uh, who is a, a, a um, professor of mathematics, uh, said that, Science asks the why question. Uh, uh, religious faith asks the who question. Mm. Because at the end of the day, I truly believe this. It's not the why that's going to matter in the processing. It's the who that will matter, both from a human perspective as well as from a perspective of faith in the divine. But the who question in in journalism um, is important for only two reasons. One is to 
place the blame, find the person you can point the finger at so that they can be brought to justice. And the other is if it's a prominent person and it's going to cause enough sensation that it's going to force someone to pick up a magazine or a newspaper or click on an article, you know? So it's like Kanye West, whatever. And like, uh, whatever is happening. Like, like we make this caricature, caricature out, of, out of Vladimir Putin, for instance. That he's this evil um, dictator who's only after things for selfish gains. But now you, you, you don't start at who started this war. You start with why. And why actually leads you into the motivations of the person. It, re it reveals more about the actual situation and doesn't reduce the situation to the act of a selfish person. Now, I, I, I dare to differ with a, a prof profoundly expert professional journalist. <laughs> By saying this, there's still two more who's you left out of the picture. The importance of your witness. Who is your witness? Who's your resources? And the second, and perhaps the most important who out of all, is the audience you're writing to. Why? No, that, that, that is, yeah. Sorry, go on. No, that, that, is, that is important. But again, your witnesses are only sources of information. Um, no. Are you just but, writing to them for information? You're writing for them, having informed them now to develop their own opinions and even actions in response to what you're writing and why were you writing in the first place. So you see, now we're going into the semantics of, of, of objectivity, where it's like, and, and I saw it, a Daily Maverick article this week was like, Cape Town avoids um, level or stage six load shedding because of like how Cape Town avoids stage six load shedding, whatever. That's again a PR story that was sent out by, by the government of Cape Town, of the city of Cape Town, um, talking about the wonders of Steenbrust that was um, uh, finished in 1977, <laughs> before the DA even existed as a concept. Uh, uh, and they now, they, they a little bit of story, and it's like, you're not mentioning that ESCOM actually owns a pump storage dam further upstream, called Palmit, which is twice the size. It's a 400 megawatt um, pump storage facility instead of the 160 megawatts uh, that Steenbrust does. And that um, the city of Cape Town actually burns diesel in um, generating uh, turbines uh, to keep the lights on. Steenbrust ain't, <laughs> ain't keeping the lights on. <laughs> the demand is a lot more. Uh, but yeah. now it's like the, the am I... Is a journalist there to set a news agenda? No, a journalist is there to report the story. So it's like, I don't, I, I need to write it for the intended audience. But if I, if, if I do it that way, if I, if I take the audience as my primary motivation, um, then you end up creating entertainment and not really sharing information. Your, the, like I said, witnesses are only sources of information. Their credibility is determined by 
the accuracy of the, of the information that is given. And it's a journalist's job, in my belief, um, to, to deliver that information, no matter what the consequences are, to themselves or to society. You have to tell the truth. And the truth isn't a balancing act. The truth is actually telling the truth. The truth is finding out why something happened, what were the motivations behind it, what are the impacts on people, and then delivering that as a package to people. So in other words, I could, as a, as a Christian, uh, say that my exploration of the witness of Scripture um, and those who out of the encounter with, with God in Scripture develop a faith would be saying that um, why Jesus would be the question that mm-hmm. would draw me to to that. But inevitably, the why questions as I understand the processing of my own mind and my own uh, question that um, that Adam had, is this fake or is this real? Mm-hmm. Now I need to go and, and research this. I need to go and say, where is the credibility of 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 the story uh, and why is the story told uh, why do i continue to explore it as relevance mm. for my mm. life and not selfishly my life and uh, if, if it life is the if the facts okay. reveal a fiction if the facts reveal that something is fake you need to explore why it was created that way what was the intention behind it those whys and then you have to be comfortable with the knowledge that you gain from that path but you see am i just concerned with gaining knowledge or can i be able to say how in in gaining that knowledge how do i process it into my world into my world view into li- my lifestyle and choices mm-hmm. that i make and and my relationships and how do i choose from this knowledge to embrace or not embrace to in, to you know to approach or not to approach another person or another community um because at the end of the day it's not just about me me it's about us mm. uh, along that road you spoke about um our realities may be different but our worlds connect or interconnect if i can put it like that mm. and so at the end of the day in our in our walking that road we are asking to where is this going for what purpose am i walking it why am i walking it with you and 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 when we get to wherever we get does it necessarily be, is it necessarily the same spot that we are going to? Or are there, is there a different place we're going to, but following the same road to, to get there? So, mm-hmm. so yes, there's, there, that's why I appreciate your wisdom when you call this podcast Exploration of Faith. Mm-hmm. Because it's a road we're walking together, whether we uh, choose the worldview of uh, agnosticism 
uh, atheism, uh, um, uh, Christianity, whatever the, the choice of our, um, uh, we are still companions on this journey of faith. Uh, we, we, as it were, need the interaction um, because I have no doubt in my mind that as I'm exploring the route I have chosen to take because I find not just value for today in it, but eternal value in it as, mm-hmm. uh, as far as my, my mind can stretch. Um, I'm fascinated that we have developed uh, uh, um, vocabulary around things beyond our human um, mindsets, you know, mm. universe, what is it? So I don't know it, so I explore it. Mm. Uh, you know, eternity, what is it? I don't know what it is. God, I don't know who God is uh, in just words that capture him, because I, so I go to explore yeah. Who, yeah. who that is. So that's why um, when we when we think about the toughness of the harvest you and i in this dialogue is showing there is a harvest but hey it's difficult to be involved in in pruning this harvest i'm sorry in in, in, in reaping this harvest and so there's so few that are willing to journey some will just decide you know um what's the point of exploration i'm gonna just take it one day at a time yeah and yet where in that is the necessity of value because the questions of life are still going to be approaching you when you lay on your bed or whatever you choose to do in relaxation. Mm-hmm. The question of the heart, the question of the heart and the mind seeks to explore will forever be facing. And I think that's a great way to end the, this week. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you very much for you, for walking this journey with me hand in hand like good friends. and in mutual respect absolutely 